You are listening to Keystone Stock Talk Podcast, episode 80. If this is your first time listening, then thanks for stopping by. This podcast is produced every week for your enjoyment, and show notes are found at www.keystocks.com. Come back often, and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite RSS feed or on iTunes. You can also follow us on Twitter at Keystocks and on Facebook or via our 24-hour streaming radio station, pennystocks.fm. And keep submitting your stocks via the usual social channels or at our website, keystocks.com, for our Your Stock Our Take segment. And we just might review your stock in an upcoming show and let you know if it is a buy, sell, or hold. This week in our Your Stock, Our Take segment, we answer two questions. The first on company Quarter Hill Inc., symbol QTRH on the TSX, formerly known as Wyland Inc. The company develops and operates a patent licensing business. It provides intelligent transportation systems for one division and operates a software service provider. Quarter Hill recently reported a strong quarterly set of results, but the company has reported inconsistent results over the past half half decade. A listener asks us our take on the stock. Our second question was in reference to Mogo Inc., symbol M-O-G-O on the TSX, a financial technology company which services include free credit score monitoring, identity fraud protection, digital spending accounts, credit services like loans, cryptocurrency tradings, and a number of other features via its app. Finally, our dog of the week is the Green Organic Dutchman Holdings Limited, symbol T-G-O-D on the TSX, which provides and distributes cannabis and related products and hemp-related products, primarily, as its names would suggest, organic cannabis products, including organic dried cannabis, cannabis oils and edibles, fresh cannabis, and seeds for medical applications. Formerly a high-flying stock, the company has seen its share price drop 10% in the last week, 23% in the last month, and 67% from this time last year. Is the drop an opportunity or a cautionary tale? We will discuss. Well, Aaron, I'd like to welcome you as my co-host today. Brennan is not in. He'll be back with us next week. You're going to have to uh, be happy with just, just me. Today, I think, unfortunately, I think, you I can think deal can with it. Our listeners, it. maybe not. <laughs> they'll have to bear through it, right? I we think just for, we, one, for one week, I'm sure they'll be forgiven. Yeah, myself and Aaron just got back from. Well, I was in New York at a research conference at the start of the week, but Aaron joined me in Toronto. We were at the Toronto Money Show, then we did a show in Vancouver over the weekend. So, kind of traveling a lot, but uh, great to see the crowds out in Toronto. It was a, it was a busy Money Show, was it not, Aaron? Yeah, I thought it was the. Uh, we've been going to Money Show as you as you know, Ryan, for several years, and uh, I I mean I thought it was probably the busiest I've ever seen it there, and. and Quite uh, quite a high quality crowd of people as well. Had some very good conversations. Met some current clients, um, some other investors that uh, that we were able to talk to. Um, so it was definitely definitely worthwhile visit to Toronto. Yeah, and we did one of our DIY seminars, like a two hour seminar at the event, and uh, for paid attendees there, they paid to come into that. It was a really good crowd and. Uh, really well received which was great to see and um you know it was good to see some current clients there but also some new potential clients in that audience on that note we are uh launching 
just next month, our new round of DIY stock investment seminars. We've been doing these now for four years across the country. Literally helped thousands of Canadians now build 10 to 25 stock portfolios with our easy-to-apply portfolio strategy. We have unique topics in each seminar, but the core is really about how to successfully build that portfolio. Um, we're, we got a nine-city tour coming up, and we're extending our early bird and VIP ticket offers. They're on the website now. Go to www.keystocks.com. Seats do sell out fast, so we encourage you to not delay. But we looked back at the portfolio uh, from last year that we recommended just in our fall seminar series. And, you know, Expel Inc., a company we recommended to our clients, uh, significantly lower, but it was trading around 650 then. You know, it's over $11 today for a 70% gain. And you got that in this five-stock starter portfolio at our DIY event. And another company, Viamed Healthcare Inc., symbol VMD on the TSX, was $5.90 then. It's over $9 today for almost a 50% return. And Questar Technologies, another company, QST, symbol TSX Venture, was trading around $2.22 and is up over $4 today. So tremendous gains from those companies that you just would have received as part of your starter portfolio in that DIY uh, segment this time last year. We'll have some new recommendations. So I encourage you know all our listeners out there to come out. Finally, I'll tell you where we're going to go before Aaron gets his comments. Sorry, Aaron. Uh, October 8th, we'll be in Oakville at the Hilton Gardens Hotel. October 9th, we'll be in Markham at, Markham at the Hilton Conference Center. Uh, October 10th, we'll be in Kitchener-Waterloo at the Inn of Waterloo. Uh, week two, October 15th, we'll be in Kamloops at the Coast Hotel. October 16th, we'll be in Victoria at the Coast Victoria Hotel. October 17th, we'll be Langley at the Sand, Sandman Signature Langley. Week three, October 22nd, we'll be in Vancouver at UBC Robson Square Campus. Uh, October 23rd, we'll be in Calgary at the Radisson Hotel and Conference Center. And finally, ending off in Edmonton on the 24th of October at the Varscona Hotel on White. And we'll look forward to seeing clients there, new potential clients as well. Quite a tour. I'm <laughs> getting exhausted just listening to you speak about all the, the cities we're going to be going to. Time, right? Yeah, yeah. We'll be wearing, we'll be sporting the the t-shirts. Uh, I think that what's really important that people understand about this is that the the sole purpose of this is to help people um, learn some basic some basic fundamental principles of investing and building up a portfolio um, that are going to help them achieve their financial goals. So we've, Ryan, you and I have been doing this for you know decades between the two of us. Um, Keystone's been around for 20 years. We've learned a lot over that period of time. And in, in these two to three hours, we're basically going to teach um, the people that attend these conferences, these events, uh, the, the simple principles that we have learned that are going to help them identify good opportunities, more importantly, even avoid bad investment ideas and build that ten to twenty stock portfolio um, that's going to that's going to that's going to help them beat the market. And then, of course, as you said before, we do a we, we do a, a sample. We provide them with a sample portfolio of five companies that they can buy. Um, and the I, I mean, you you discuss some of the companies that we recommended at the at the DIY last year. So. That basically pretty much says it all. I, th- I think that it's it's probably the best investment an investor can make a couple hours of their time to come and sit with us and and learn how to uh, learn how to invest the Keystone way. Yeah, and I think you talked about you know just keeping it simple for the average investor. A lot of the financial industry tries to overcomplicate things. We want you to be able to understand what we're talking about and how to use our advice correctly. 
Um, I, I, you know, I really, you, you talked about too, having advice on what to buy, what to sell, when to hold, also what to avoid. And I mean, I think that was one of the key recommendations that we made last year. We went through all 120 stocks in the cannabis sector. We would have loved to have made a recommendation if it fit our criteria. We couldn't find a single company really that fit our criteria in that segment of those 120 companies. And we recommended at that time avoiding the cannabis sector. Um, We've continued to monitor it. But over the past year, I mean, you look at a company like Canopy Growth, uh, the biggest name in cannabis in this country, and the shares since this time last year are down over 42%. A company like Tilroy, Ray, uh, much hyped this time last year, its shares are down 82.5%. The Green Organic Dutchman, We'll talk about that today. The shares are down around 72% in that range over the last year. Uh, you could go on and on with the losses in this segment. And, you know, if you're not buying, there's a lot of hype then. And we kind of encourage investors this time last year and all the time not to buy into hype. Just buy great cash-producing businesses, and you can produce solid to strong returns over time. And avoid those losses. Uh, we avoided those Losses in cannabis and for the uh, clients of ours in their portfolios because the cash flow wasn't there. And uh, there was a number of other reasons, but the, you know we have nothing against that industry generally. We may find a company uh, that offers growth at a reasonable price in that segment over the next year, month, two years, five years. But we're not going to go outside our box uh, of uh, our criteria uh, just, to, uh, just to gain access to a segment that may be hot at a current time in the market. So hopefully that makes sense, and we'll talk about more about that at our seminars. I encourage everybody to come out. Now, we're, let's get into our Your Stock, Our Take segment. It's time we answer a question on Your Stock in a little segment we like to call Your Stock, Our Take. Buy, sell, or hold. Uh, I'm going to take it first. It's on Quarter Hill, Inc., symbol QTRH on the TSX. Uh, Quarter Hill is engaged. It trades around $1.79 right now, $213 million market cap. What do they do? They're engaged in acquiring technology companies working in the Internet of Things segment. Some of the companies acquired are YLAN, which develops and commercializes patented technologies, International Road Dynamics, which is a provider of intelligent transportation systems, and Vizia, which is a software service provider. Let's look at this company's last quarter. Uh, the results look quite solid. Uh, revenues were up 353% over the prior year period to $25.6 million. Adjusted EBITDA came in at $12.9 million compared to a loss of $4 million in the second quarter. There was still an accounting loss, a net loss of $4.5 million in the quarter compared to a loss of $7.9 in the same period last year. The valuations on the company on a trailing basis, about a 10.5 times P.E. ratio. There's a good solid net cash position. Uh, an enterprise value to EBITDA is about 5.2, which are relatively low valuations. Now, their second quarter displayed significant growth, like we said. It holds that strong, strong balance sheet, $77.3 million in net cash, so strong liquidity in the business. There is the potential here for further cash inflows from a lawsuit over damages and infringement against uh, tech giant Apple, uh, but that is kind of a wild card at this stage. Now, this is I'm going to read the company's kind of their acquisition mission statement. They say Quarter Hill emphasizes seeking out acquisition opportunities at reasonable valuations that provide a foundation of recurring revenues, predictable cash flows, margins, and profitable gro- growth. 
uh, on the face of it, that theory sounds tremendous. Uh, they have a great net cash position. They do have some lumpy cash that, that they can bring in. And if they can recycle that lumpiness into good, solid cash-producing businesses, it's you know, a business that we would like to look at. However, if it's the execution is done poorly, it's just meaningless words on a piece of paper. I'll give you case in point here. A couple of years ago, Quarter Hill acquired another public company, International Road Dynamics. We had just recommended the stock. Our clients benefited greatly from the transaction, so we thank Quarter Hill for that. The acquisition came at an 80% premium to where the shares had been trading just two months earlier. Now, we thought International Road Dynamics was undervalued at the time. After all, we just recommended it. But we did not see it as 80% undervalued near term. Quarter Hill paid around 14 times EBITDA, which was a huge premium to the historical average. A great company, but potentially not the greatest price in the near term. So that would be, in our opinion, poor execution. Now we can stomach lumpy quarterly revenues if the overall annual trend was upward. Unfortunately, that has not been the case over the last four years for Quarter Hill. If you look at total revenues in 2018, 77 million. 2017, there were 134 million. 2016, 92 million. 2015, 102 million. Now, the variability in cash flow is even higher. So, while the trailing multiples on the stock appear attractive, the lack of guidance moving forward, lack of annual revenue and cash flow, and inconsistent acquisition or execution on acquisitions <coughs> give us reason to just monitor the stock. Based on recurring cash flow, the company is still not undervalued at this point. And that's—I mean, we've been following—we've been following this company back when it was Wyland Ryan, and, and I think that has yes. really always been an issue. Is they've they've had some great quarters from time to time, but they've not been able to string together a lot of consistency. And that's really what we like to see is consistency. I mean, we've always said that the the first step is to um, assess profitability and only invest in companies that are generating profit. But yeah. you need to know that those that those earnings are sustainable and that they're they're actually going to be able to build on on them as opposed to just fluctuating from quarter to quarter, year to year. Yeah, and that's what we've seen consistently uh, with uh, with uh with this company, Quarter Hill, its its inconsistency has been the consistent statement over time in this business. We continue to monitor it. There's a good cash position there, but there's been lack of execution in our perspective in terms of bringing in repeatable recurring revenues, as is the stated goal. And until we see that, uh, we'll stay on the sidelines. Now we're going to move to our next company. It's uh, another Your Stock, Our Take. It's time we answer a question on your stock in a little segment we like to call Your Stock, Our Take. Buy, sell, or hold. We're going to look at Mogo Inc. I'll let Aaron take that. Excellent. Thank you, Ryan. Mogo Inc., the symbol is M-O-G-O on the TSX and on the NASDAQ as well. It's trading today for about $4.35. has a market cap of just under $120 million. So what does the company do? Mogo is a financial technology company. They provide an app that provides various uh, personal financial services to its users. These services include things like free credit score monitoring, identity fraud protection, digital spending accounts, um, credit services like borrowing, cryptocurrency trading, and other services as well. The way that, that this works is that people can sign up to Mogo's free app um, and through which the company then can offer them both free and paid services. And currently Mogo has about 900,000 users in total signed up to its application. 
Uh, we've been following MoGo for, for quite a while, actually, several years, and it is an interesting company. We spoke with the CEO at the LD Micro conference in Los Angeles last year. Of course, there is a big potential opportunity in offering innovative app-based financial products. MoGo, along with other similar fintech companies, is targeting largely younger users, such as the millennials and now Generation Z. However, one of the differentiators for MoGo is that they do have strong revenues, uh, which we can use to start to analyze the company. So just looking at the recent quarterly financial results, total revenues increased 14% to $16.3 million. Service and subscription revenue increased 68% to $8.3 million. And adjusted EBITDA, or earnings before interest taxes, depreciation, and amortization was $1.6 million, or 10% of revenues which was an increase of 116% in the prior year where they reported negative adjusted EBITDA. Now, the company is not profitable. Uh, Adjusted net loss was $5.2 million in the quarter, and this is the same as in the comparable quarter last year. Revenue growth was driven by a 32% increase in active members and an an increase in average core revenue per member of 6% to $78. My assessment here is I do see MoGo as an interesting company with a potential in the future. They are expanding their product offerings and they are trying to innovate. There's definitely potential in that area. The problem for me here is that in spite of the strong revenue growth, they still aren't making any money. They're close, but they're not profitable. We always stress to investors the importance of sticking with profitable stocks because these are the companies that are proving a workable business model. Now, even though the company does look like it's close to profitability, in my conversation with the CEO last year, profitability was definitely not the near-term priority for the company, and time is going to tell if this is the correct strategy. The stock price has not done much in the last two years, and it's been quite volatile. So we will continue to follow MoGo, but we aren't ready to recommend it to to, to investors just yet. Yeah, I think it's a good summary, and yeah, we did interview uh, management in the December of last year. Uh, it's we're looking for some value and growth and exposure to the fintech segment. And uh, Mogo is an option. It doesn't meet our full criteria, uh, it, you know, on a valuation basis. But it is nice to see them breaking into at least adjusted profitability or adjusted uh, positive EBITDA. And to see some growth on the top line there and, and and some recurring type revenue in the business, which are things we would look for in a business like this. We'll continue to monitor it going forward. And uh, if it you know fits our criteria, it may be a, co- a, cl- a company that we could recommend, but not at this stage to our clients. So let's move on to the weekly dog. From our stars and dog segment, it's time for this week's dog. <laughs> The company is the Green Organic Dutchman Holdings Limited, symbol TGOD. That's a mouthful. Now, the company trades around 245. Its market cap is 675 million. The Green Organic Dutchman is down around 10% in the last week, 23% in the last month, and around 67 to 70% in the last year. What does the company do? The Dutchman produces and distributes cannabis and related products and hemp-related products, primarily as its name would suggest organic cannabis products, including organic dried cannabis, cannabis oils, and edibles, fresh cannabis, and seeds for the medical applications. Geographically, it generates the majority of its revenue from Europe. 
It remains clear if the products, however, are in fact exclusively sold by or produced by Dutchman, as the name would suggest. That's a little financial humor for you out there. What is driving the stock right now? Well, over the past year, at this time last year, there was some just over-enthusiasm heading into legalization and some blue-sky valuations on this stock and basically anything associated with cannabis. We've come back to some reality. We're not even sure if it's a fundamental reality right now, but the, the losses in this sector have been extensive. And you can see with the Green Organic Dutchman over the past year, it's around 67 to 70%. Now, for the most part, the press releases have looked to be positive here, but the company continues to produce losses and they continue to grow over time. Aurora Cannabis, one of the bigger names in the sector, was a shareholder of this company. On September 4th, they sold the remaining of its 28.8 million shares of the Dutchman, representing a 10.5% of the outstanding shares, so they sold out of this business. In the last quarter, let's look at the financials of the business. Revenues were up considerably, but they came from zero to 2.9 million. So at 2.9 million, it's still a relatively small revenue base on a quarterly basis. The net loss, however, in the last quarter was 16.6 million, up from 8.5. So considerable loss for this company in the quarter. Now, the Dutchman itself continues to rapidly issue shares to raise money, giving it a strong net cash position, but it's growing operational losses as well as growing cash flow. Uh, create concern in terms of dilution over the over the long term for current existing shareholders. We do not currently recommend any companies in this cannabis space. We continue to look. The Dutchman is not near the top of our list of companies we're monitoring right now. Uh, we'll let you know if we change our stance on that. But at this point, based on valuations and the business where it is, uh, we think it is not a company that we would recommend at this stage. Yeah, it's it's far from a company we would recommend at this stage, even within the cannabis space. And one of the things that we talked about at the uh, DIY seminar in Toronto that we're going to talk about at the upcoming DIY seminars is um, just the the supply potential supply issues that may exist in in Canada. Um, the the estimates are essentially about a, a million kilograms per year of consumption in the domestic market and. Um, top 10 producers alone have plans to to ramp up their production to well beyond that about 2.2 million kilograms and that's just the top 10 producers so it's um it's definitely a concern how that's going to flush out the number of companies has doubled the number of listed companies has doubled since october so you have a lot of companies out there that are going to be battling over limited market share and it's going to make it difficult for uh for these businesses to be profitable but in the case of uh, the green organic dutchman i think it, it has one of, i think it's one of the worst performers right now in the market yeah yeah i mean it along with tilroy uh not performing very well but there's there's a number of names that have uh you know been cut in half in this segment over the past year and i think that's the general tale. rule yeah that, yeah that that the the returns have been negative 25 to 50 percent or or slightly over that over the last year since legalization amongst the top the top the top companies in the space and i'm sure you know below that there's there's been much worse performance as well yeah and it's it's just a cautionary tale of um you know avoiding where the herd is in the market at any given time and always paying attention to the underlying cash flow and the fundamentals of the business uh as much hype as there was surrounding this segment at this time last year 
there wasn't much cash flow or projected cash flow over the near term in these businesses. And, uh, you know, that eventually the market comes back to the fundamentals. And when it has in this segment, uh, there's been a lot of destruction of capital. We'll continue to monitor it, see if we find some value. And maybe when it's completely out of favor, we will find some value. We often see that and it can be the best time to buy from a long-term perspective. But that'll do it for our show this week. I'm going to thank Aaron from co-hosting with me. And again, keep your stocks coming into our Your Stock, Our Take segment. And I encourage all the listeners out there, we'd love to see you at one of our upcoming DIY seminars. Thank you and profitable investing. Profitable investing. 